young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your commandments your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path remember your creator in the days of your youth in conclusion when all has been said fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person for God will bring everything which is hidden whether it is good or evil be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of. 
All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that that man or woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 14-17 Good morning. Thank you for worshiping with us today. It was a beautiful morning in Waco, Texas, a Tuesday morning. And Gay had already left for school, and I was helping the girls to, to finish up breakfast and get their things together before I took them to school. Morgan was in the second grade, and the twins had just begun kindergarten. And on the way to school, the radio was on. And a news report broke in to the program telling us that one of the World Trade Centers was on fire, that a plane had crashed into it. The reporter seemed a little uncertain, a little unsure and, and fearful about what was going on. So after I dropped the girls at school, I, I rushed back home to, to watch what was going on on TV. And as people were rushing out of the building, first responders were rushing into the building. And then 18 minutes later, another plane crashed into the, the South Tower and exploded. And that building erupted into fire as well. And people again began running for their lives out of that building. What was going on? How and why would airplanes fly into buildings? And then just a few minutes later, we learned that another plane had been flown into the Pentagon and that another plane had crashed into a field in Pennsylvania. Soon we would discover that it was terrorists who had hijacked those planes and as an act of war, as an act of terror, had, had flown those planes into those designated towers. A few moments later, as we were watching everything unfold on TV, the South Tower began to collapse. Debris and dust went everywhere. And just imagine those that were, were still trapped and killed inside. And then 30 minutes later, the North Tower did the same, collapsing and killing those first responders that had, had rushed in, killing those victims who were still trying to get out or were, were trapped in the building. Today, we simply refer to that day as 9-11. It was a day in which the world changed. Five days later, Wilson Edward Smith was born. Wilson and his fellow graduates of the class of 2020 are the first graduating class where most of its members were born after 9-11. In fact, each of First Baptist's graduating seniors that we're honoring this year all graduated after 9-11. They were born into a world reeling from this senseless act of evil. People were angry. People were afraid. We wanted justice. We wanted revenge. Armies were being mobilized sweeping security measures in airports and within our borders were being put into place. The world had changed 
and would never be the same again. And now, 18 years later, in December of 2019, in Wuhan, China, an infectious disease called COVID-19 was identified. On March the 11th of this year, of 2020, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 as a global pandemic. Stay-at-home orders were issued in Oklahoma just as spring break arrived. Trips were canceled, and we were told to begin practicing social distancing, to, to wash our hands often, to, to wear face masks, and to stay clear of those that were 65 and older and those who had underlying health issues. Non-essential businesses were closed. Churches sat emptied. And schools made plans to finish the year online. Students were no longer permitted to gather in their classes. And many spring sports and activities were simply canceled. The class of 2020 was impacted immediately. No more state championships to be won. No more concerts to be played. There would, no, there would be no proms. There would be no awards nights, no baccalaureate services, and no graduation services. These graduates didn't even have the chance to say goodbye to, to friends and teachers and others that they saw every day at school. Six months later, this global pandemic has seen over 5 million people suffer at the hands of COVID-19, and that number continues to rise, and over 324,000 people in our world have died due to this pandemic. The world is once again changing. And the class of 2020 has found themselves in the midst of the crosshairs of this world change. So class of 2020, what does this mean? Well, the truth is, we don't know exactly what this means. We don't know the long-term impact of COVID-19. But what we do know is that the situations around your graduation are similar to what was taking place surrounding your birth. The world was in the midst of a seismic change. There's fear and uncertainty. There's an enemy in which little is known. Sweeping safety measures are being put into place. The economy is in crisis. Unemployment has impacted millions. Our government relief efforts have created an unspeakable amount of debt for our nation. High school graduation, I believe, is, is one of the, the few remaining rites of passage that our American society honors and pauses to recognize and for the class of 2020, this rite has been interrupted. It has been disrupted. And they've been deprived 
of some of the special celebrations and recognitions that they have looked forward to even for these last 12 years. Yes, schools, families, churches, we've all tried to accommodate and to fill in those gaps, but the reality of life today is that they're still missing out and disappointed in missing the things that they'd been anticipating. Class of 2020, in many ways, you have been born into adversity. And now, as you graduate from high school, you have a choice. You can allow the circumstances surrounding your lives to hold you back, or you can rise above and you can be part of the changes that are coming our way that must take place. You see, adversity also creates opportunity. For such a time as this, you were born. Class of 2020, you have the opportunity to shape and to impact the post-COVID-19 world in which we live. I challenge you to rise to this occasion. Graduation is your opportunity to lead the way and to be world changers, to be healers, and to be difference makers from this day forward. If you will take this challenge, I'd like to offer you five foundational building blocks of wisdom. Wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for those of you not graduating this year, these building blocks, these words of wisdom are for us as well. With these blocks as the foundation of your life, you will have the wisdom, the understanding, and the faith upon which to move in and out of any life circumstance that you encounter. If you would, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. And we'll begin with the first building block of wisdom, the, the cornerstone, if you would. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The first building block, this cornerstone block that I'd like to share with you is simply this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Set the Lord as the cornerstone of your life. Upon Him, build your life, build your family, build your vocation. You will be tempted to trust in riches, to trust in education, to trust in people, even to trust in yourself. But let me encourage you to always learn to trust first in the Lord. He will guide you. He will provide for you. He will protect you and keep you. But we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Jesus tells us that we're to love God with all of our heart, our mind, 
our strength. We're to love God foremost above everyone and everything else. All your heart means that you love God supremely above all else. All that you are, all that you have, all that you want to be is the Lord's. Would you trust in Him with all your heart? One of the things I've learned over these years is that in order for me to be the best husband and to be the best father and to be the best pastor that I can be, that I must first love the Lord with everything. When I love the Lord first, He gives me the strength and the wisdom and the ability to be the best father, husband, pastor that I could be. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Watch over your heart, for from your heart flows the springs of life. Do you see that? The, the spring of life wells up from our heart and brings life in good things when the Lord is the focus of our heart. When we love God with all that we are, there's a life that springs up from within. Watch over your heart by giving it totally to the Lord and trusting in Him. Notice that this passage reminds us to lean not on our own understanding. Instead, lean on the understanding of God's Word. Allow His Word to be light to your path and steps to the way in which you go. Allow His Word to offer wisdom, to offer counsel and insight into the decisions that you must make. Read, study, meditate upon God's Word, and then obey it and walk in it each and every day. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Now let's turn to Proverbs 18, verse 20 through 22. This will be the, the second building block that I want us to, to focus on. Listen to these words. Proverbs 18, verse 20 through 22. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its truth. Isn't that a, a powerful sentence, a powerful phrase? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The second building block upon which we want to found our lives is this. The power of life and death are in your words. Understand that the power of words in your life is to create and to bless. But those words also have the power to tear down and to destroy. Proverbs 10 verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Do you see that, that metaphor again, this, this spring of life, that, that as the Lord is in our heart, that there's a, a spring of life that wells up within us, but also that our words, that which we speak into the lives of others, 
those words also have the opportunity to be a spring of life into others. With words, God created the universe. Jesus, the Word of God, spoke words of life, spoke words of healing, spoke words of salvation. He built up and blessed those who were typically cursed and torn down by the words of others. The Scripture tells us that it is a gentle word that turns away wrath, but a harsh word that stirs up anger. Graduates, would you hold tight your words of anger, your words of bitterness, and your words of wrath? And would you share generously your words of thanksgiving, your words of appreciation, your words of encouragement to those that you meet, and especially to those who have loved and continue to love and support and nurture you. The power of life and death is in your words. The third building block I want us to look at is found in Proverbs 27, verse 17. Let me turn over there for just a moment and read that with you. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Isn't that a powerful thought and picture? Iron sharpens iron. I hope you'll remember that through the days of your life. And I hope you'll remember that in the context of friendships and relationships. You see, iron sharpens iron speaks to the vital role of friends, of mentors, of coaches, teachers, and parents in our lives. These are the people that speak into our lives to offer love, to offer encouragement, to offer instruction, and yes, even to offer critique and criticism to, to help us in our areas of, of weakness, in our areas in which we need to grow in life. These are the people that speak into our lives to, to help us to become all that God has created us to become. They sharpen us spiritually. They sharpen us physically. They sharpen us mentally. And in return, we offer the same encouragement, the same sharpening in their lives. Iron sharpens iron. Over these next months, you will have the opportunity to meet people and to develop new friendships and relationships. Look for friends and mentors who will sharpen you. Look for those who will nurture and build upon your strengths, who will help you to maximize your potential in all that you can become. Also, look for those that can help challenge you, who can help you to grow in your weaknesses and help you to be aware of your blind spots. Keep away from those who play upon your weaknesses, who drag you down into those lifestyles of drunkenness or immorality, or who would just encourage you to settle for less than what you should achieve and the potential that you can reach. The friends that you shape over these next months will shape 
the rest of your life. Choose friends who will sharpen, not dull you. Iron sharpens iron. The fourth building block that I would like to share with you comes out of Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. The scripture says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. I hope you'll remember this phrase, Open your mouth for the mute. We've already considered the importance of our words in the lives of our friends and and those that we have relationships with. Here, we are instructed and, and encouraged to open our mouths for those who cannot open their mouths, for those who cannot speak for themselves. Graduates, one of the great opportunities that you have from this day forward and one of the responsibilities that you have in becoming an adult is that from this day forward, you must learn to speak up for the powerless, to speak up for the needy in our world. The book of Proverbs certainly reminds us that there are good and and bad people all around us. We will encounter good and bad people each and every day of our life. And not only are we to turn away from those who practice evil, we are also called to stand up to them. We are to recognize when people are being victimized and oppressed. We are to recognize when the systems of our governments and of our social structures are oppressive and aren't fair to those around us. We must speak out and act for justice, for fairness, and for the opportunity of all. Certainly we must acknowledge and recognize that many of the graces and mercies and advantages that we have received are not available to every person. And as such, we should take those and with great responsibility stand up, speak out, and do something to make things right. Open your mouth for the mute. Finally, I'd like for us to look at Proverbs 22, Verse 1, the final building block that I'd like to share with you today. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The last building block for us today, this last piece of wisdom for us to understand and to know, is that a good name is greater than wealth. What does your name mean? As you finish these years of high school, as you enter into these days of adulthood, do you like your name? Do you like what your name means? Do you like what it stands for? Are you satisfied with the name that you have made? What it means? The character and the person that stands behind that name. Graduates, this is one of those unique seasons 
and opportunities in your life that you can change your name. I'm not just talking about the spelling or the punctuation of your name. I'm talking about the opportunity to change what your name stands for, what your name means to those around you, those in your family, the character behind your name. As you transition and begin your education, as you enter into the military or the workforce, I hope that you will remember this proverb. Your name, your good name, is greater than any wealth, any title, any accomplishment or fame that you may desire or acquire. And while you pursue your good name, I close by reminding you of the greatest name, the name of Jesus. At His name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Christ the Lord. Have you trusted in Him with all your heart? His is the name upon which you must build your life. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation for the life of wisdom that we have described and talked about over these minutes. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you followed Him in baptism? Why not make this significant milestone in your life by committing yourself to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And for some of you, this is that season, that opportunity to recommit your life to following Him. To the class of 2020, I offer my congratulations. We are so proud of you. This is certainly a time to celebrate and a time to look to your future. You have certainly been born into adversity. You are the 9-11 COVID-19 class. But you have overcome. And you can continue to overcome. The future is as bright and promising as you determine, as your vision and your dreams will carry you. And with the determination in your heart, in your life, to follow through and accomplish those things. You have so much to offer. You can make the difference. So as you consider these days, I hope that you will build your life upon the foundation of the wisdom we've talked about today. Would you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Would you understand that you carry the power of life and of death in your words? Would you seek friendships that allow you to, to, to grow and to nurture each other, that, that iron would sharpen iron in your life? Would you open your mouth for the mute? And would you understand that a good name is greater than any wealth you could ever acquire? Graduates, 
it is time to commence the life that God has given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this special season in which we get to honor the lives of the class of 2020. And Lord, we've seen the adversity that they've, that they've faced literally from the time of their birth. And even now during this season of graduation, Father, we thank you for the chance we've had to celebrate their, their graduation this morning in worship. Lord, I pray that they would embrace these steps, these stones of, of wisdom, that they would make you the cornerstone of their life. And Father, that, that each of us in hearing these words would do the same. Father, we pray that you would be with our graduates as they transition during this summer, as they take those steps into the life that you call them to. Lord, help them to prepare Help them to achieve all that it is that you've called them to do. And Father, may they do so for your glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for worshiping with us today. If the Lord is moving or stirring in your life in some way, we would love for you to, to reach out to us and connect with us by email. Or give us a call at the church office. We'd consider it a privilege to pray with you and to walk with you during this season of your life. It's important that you share your decision of what God is doing in your life with someone, someone who can come alongside of you to pray with and encourage you. And certainly we would love to be that partner in your life. Let me remind you of some of the, the things we've got coming up in the next days. On Sunday evening, May 31st, we're going to offer an outdoor evening of praise. We're going to be able to block off the Comanche Street and, and have our worship team leading, and I'll, I'll have a brief message of encouragement as we gather, certainly observing social distancing, but as we gather in the front of the church there on Comanche Street and under the trees, we invite you to bring your lawn chair and to enjoy that time of worship next Sunday at 7 o'clock at the church. And then on June 7th, Certainly we'll continue with our online worship service, but we'll begin and resume worshiping again here in this sanctuary at 1030. And we'll be sharing those guidelines as we get ready for that Sunday here in the next day, next days. This afternoon, weather permitting, I hope you will join us for the parade we're putting together for the class of 2020. It's at two o'clock here at First Baptist. And I hope you'll come and celebrate with our graduates and their families and drive by and, and offer a wave and a smile and a honk uh, to support and encourage them. Now, Stacy Stravet will come and, and offer a word of encouragement and a, and a prayer for us. Stacy uh, and Robbie Hare have been the life group leaders for our graduates for these last two years. And so Stacy comes to offer a word on their behalf. Afterwards, we close with a tribute to those who have given their lives in the service of our country. On this Memorial Day weekend, we must not forget, but rather let us remember and give thanks for those who have given their lives for us in this nation. Again, thank you for joining us in worship. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Good morning, church. 
I'm Stacy Stravette, and for the past two years, Robbie Hare and I have had the joy of leading our 11th and 12th graders in youth ministry. I want to take this opportunity and say congratulations to our seniors. Anna, Will, Lauren, Scott, it has been a privilege to know you, to share a part of your lives, and to see you finish this difficult school year with grace and with patience. We're going to miss you. We know that this afternoon we're going to be able to share your accomplishments, though. We're going to be able to celebrate with you as a church body, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. You know, in his word, God tells us that we can rejoice and that we can be glad regardless of circumstances. In Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can have joy and we can have hope even now. Will you pray with me? Lord God, you tell us in your word that you are our rock, our refuge, our fortress, our strength and our shield. We ask that as you work in our lives, so we can live out this truth, that you would be revealed, that you would be honored, and you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.